okay? All right, so, you know, that's what I would be, ask for a hundredfold of that blessing, and that would be a truly an awesome day for me. Um, so, but anyways, I mean, if you want, if you can multiply anything by a hundred, what would it be? You know, just think about that. Like something that is just one becomes a hundred. If it's a hundred, it becomes what? What's ten hundred? We got math professors. Okay, all right, but you don't need to be a math professor to do that. But you know what I mean, right? So, you know, once, just think about it. There was a one sample chair of this in the back for many months. Now we got 130. That's pretty cool, right? So, you know, it's a blessing to see that happen. And it just, it's an exciting thing. But what it would be for you if it just multiplied by 100? You know, this morning it's Easter. And it's one of the most, actually, it is the most important day for us Christians, those who believe in Jesus Christ. And that is the day when something that was zero, something there was nothing, multiplied by a hundred and even million. There was no hope, but now there is hope. Not just a hope or a little hope, but hope eternal. And that is something to celebrate. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ carried our sins on the cross and died. And he had to die to give us what was his. And it was purity and it was everlasting life. And he rose again on the third day. So whoever believes in that shall receive eternal life. And that is an amazing blessing. That is not just a hundredfold, but something you can't even count as a blessing. And all the things that we celebrate today, we had Easter egg hunt for the kids. And everything we do on Easter, it is a representation of the new life found and the kids, I, I was out talking to one of the kids, and there's a four age group categories, and there's golden egg for each category. And the kid was like, oh, I found the golden egg. I mean, that is so cool. It's an exciting thing. What was lost, what was hidden, was now found. There's a new life in Jesus, and that is what we get to celebrate. Death is not the end anymore. Death will not make us zero or one or nothing. It becomes a something that leads us into eternity. That is hundredfold a blessing. And that is why we get to celebrate here on Easter. And the Bible teaches that that hope eternal is available for anybody who seeks, anybody who wants, and anybody who humbly receives, you shall find. That is the good news. And today, um, as we look to the Bible, we are on a journey on the book of Luke. It's a gospel of Luke. It is a life account of Jesus Christ, according to a man named Luke. And he is writing a story. And today we land on chapter 8. So it is not the Easter typical story, but we're going to look at chapter 8. And it is the parable of the sower, or perhaps the parable of the soil. And we're going to look at how to live a life that is a hundredfold blessing. Because we love multiply by hundred type of blessing. And we want to look at it from the Bible. How do we live that way? So, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Luke chapter 8. But don't worry, if you don't, we have it on the screen as well. So we will, uh, but if you do, that is the chapter we're looking at. And we're going to focus on verses uh, 4 through 15. Because that is the parable of the sower. So much before Jesus was crucified or uh, he was resurrected, he has resurrected, he was in this mission to teach about the kingdom of God. Who get to enter into the kingdom of God? What is the secret of the kingdom of God? And he's been teaching that. And people were coming from all over. And Jesus' message was shocking because before, in order to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to follow these rules, follow these rituals, and you have to live a certain way. And of course, Jesus did not disregard that, but he says that's not the real important thing. He says it's not about the riches, it's not about the good deeds, 
But it is those who humbly seek God's kingdom, who humbly seek his salvation. That is who shall receive. And many people were wanting to know more. Like, tell me more because I don't get it. Because their culture was so many years, they've been taught a certain way. And all of a sudden, Jesus is changing everything. I mean, you think the church has changed a little bit here and there, update. But what Jesus changed was like not even close. I mean, it was like night and day difference of the new teaching that Jesus was saying. And people were puzzled, like, wait, I need to hear more of this. I need to really listen to this. So there were many people that gathered around Jesus wherever he went to teach. And there was many people from different backgrounds. There were people who were humbly seeking. They were like, I need to hear this message again and again. And I want to know how to get into the kingdom of God. There are people who are just like trying to criticize Jesus. Like, who is this guy? Who's changing everything? We got to find something that he's doing wrong. and want to make a case out of it. So there's those who are trying to offend him or trying to defend what they believe. There's a many people, many different, different types of emotion. But they gathered and Jesus saw that. And he gave this parable of the sower that speaks about the different hearts of the people who gathered so we're going to look at verse 5 and it says a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed some fell along the path it was trampled on and the birds ate it up some fell on rocky ground and when it came up the plant withered and because they had no moisture other seed fell among thorns which grew up and it choked the plant Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out. Another translation says, in a loud voice, he said, Whoever has ears to hear, ears to hear, let them hear. So this farmer is obviously Jesus himself. And the seed is the word of God, the kingdom of God. That, that, that is being shown as a seed and I just had the opportunity to go to Israel for the very first time a couple months ago. And I went to this city or a village called Nazareth Village. And they tried to preserve everything that around the same time as Jesus. And I was walking around this, this, this village. It was, it's actually owned by like YMCA and it's open for the public. And it's like, it's this picture right here. It's really cool. So if you could take a look at this. So this is almost, if you can imagine... Jesus walking in this city that he grew up, or the town that he grew up. And when he gave this parable, what if Jesus had this picture in mind? So you're actually maybe, maybe looking at the same picture that Jesus referred to when he gave this parable. And right here, if you look at it, uh, it's not like these days when they're farming. They're like, um, they're putting each, you know, in a neat row and in a nice environment and fertilizers. No, it's like when they go out there into the front yard or where the backyard they just like cast this you know the seed all over and if you look at it there's like rocky areas to the left of you and if that's the rocky ground and if you look at the middle or perhaps in the towards the front those are the pathways where people walk on and then there's the good soil where there's like a lot of lot i think it's cabbage okay but then if you go to the right it's the thorns so like people were just like, the farmers were just regularly throwing this out. And Jesus used this parable. And parable is using an everyday concept and teach them a very important kingdom object or uh, perspective. And Jesus is using this. And when people heard this, they immediately thought of this. Because that was a normal sight for people back then. So what is this path that Jesus 
is talking about these seeds that fell on the path. They get trampled on. Birds come and eat. Those are the hearts of those people who nothing penetrates. So the seed is the God's words are given, but they're not interested. They don't really care. Their heart is so hardened that it will never grow. It will never have any chance to have any roots. So these are the people like the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, and they think they all got the answers, and they don't need to hear this new teaching by Jesus. So nothing is penetrating into the heart. Those are the people, the, the seed that fell on the path. And then those are the times where birds and even Satan could easily take that away, and it will not affect them, sadly. And the rocky ground, who are they? Those are the people who get, it's quick to heat up, quick to cool off. You know those people, or maybe it's some of us, and maybe we went through those uh, seasons in our lives where we hear Jesus' message. You get excited. Oh, it's cool, it's cool. And then life gives you a curveball, and it's like, ah, oh, wait, never mind. Or you, life gets busy, or you, you feel like uh, there's something more interesting. Oh, uh, there's a better thing to do. Oh, you found a girlfriend. <laughs> you found a boy. You know, there's something that gets in the way. It's like, ah, all right, see you later. You know, those, those, it kind of, those are the seed that was fell on the rocky grounds where it's like the soil is so thin where it springs up quickly, but there's no moisture. There's no nutrients. So it doesn't grow in the faith. And those are the people that came to Jesus says, oh, your teaching is awesome. And he, they follow Jesus all over town. But as soon as like they get married or as soon as they find a job, they're like, ah, bye. You know, that was nice meeting you kind of people were are always around Jesus. And Jesus is referring to those heart in that parable. And then the thorn, those are the that that gets in the way. It chokes the, the plant up. There's fruit. I mean, there, there's there's plant growing, but the the thorns are so covering and it's because it's covering you don't see direct sunlight so it's just kind of in there and eventually it will die those are the people those are the heart that the because of the environment it's affected and it's tempted 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 by the world and whatever the world offers and you're you're oppressed or some distraction come in the way and you're just being oppressed oppressed and you'll never see sunlight because there's no breakthrough and around Jesus' time, in his, among his disciples, there's a man named Judas Iscariot. He eventually betrayed Jesus because there was a temptation. For 30 coins of silver, he says, ah, Jesus, I could get rid of that. And then because of the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, it's like, hey, when are you going to give us Jesus? And he's like, ah, okay, here we go. He was swayed by the world. He was swayed by the temptations easily. And be, it was growing it was there because, remember, he was a disciple of Jesus, but because of the temptation, because of the thorns that he did not get rid of, he eventually died. And then there's the good soil. There's full of nutrients. There's growth. And then you see this tree will grow, and then it bears fruit. And what that does is the fruit will go, get on the ground, and it becomes seeds. And then another tree will grow. And then the seeds, fruit, seeds, growth, Fruit, see, I mean, it's all over, and it's hundredfold. It's unstoppable, and it is continuing to grow, and that is the hearts of those who are noble. They're good heart. They, they love to hear the Word of God. They're humble about it. And they say, teach me, O God. Water me, O God. And those are the heart that will continue to retain the teaching, and not only retain it, they actually practice it, and then they persevere, 
even when the times are hard, even when the, the, the wind blows, they're persevering and then waiting for this new life to grow. And that is the good soil that bears much fruit and it eventually gave more and more and more fruits and seeds and hundredfold of blessing. And how do we get there? Because obviously, as we could see, that is where we want to be, the good soil. So how do we have or obtain good soil? The answer is in the words of Jesus in verse 8. He says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let them hear. Those who have the heart. So the question now is, will we hear God's words for what it is? Or is it just a good teaching? Or is it just something that took place 2,000 years ago? Or do you actually hear as your message from God? Because He's inviting you to His kingdom of God. Do you hear that and receive that as God's words? Because when we do, we get to live a life with a hundredfold of blessing. But the hundredfold blessing and the abundance of blessing, it actually depends on how we hear God's words. So this past week, in my first time in my life, I gardened for two times in the last week. It never (laughs) happened. I'm known to be a brown thumb. Everything I touch, it withers. I mean, actually, not just me, but my wife too. So we don't give us plants, okay? Because we will kill it in no time. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, but our kids had spring break. So in our little backyard, it's like super, it's not even backyard, but it's like the super small, you know, gar, uh, like grass area in our house or, you know, there's soil. And we haven't touched it for like six months. It was so ugly. And people walked by and I literally, they say, whoa, that's a jungle. And I've overheard them say it. Okay. So, but I'm like, I couldn't say that's my house. But anyways, like I, I knew I had to do something, but I just, I don't care for it. So it just, I left it there and it was so ugly. I wish, I don't want to even show pictures because it's so embarrassing. But I decided we'll tackle this today. Last Monday with my kids on spring break, I said, let's do this kids. And then we went out and like two seconds later, my son's already back in the house. And then my daughter stuck around for maybe 20 minutes. And then so I'm left there alone. But once I get started and once you see progress, it gets fun. So I started pulling out weeds and it was actually fun, but it was, I kid you not, behind the plants, I, I kid you not, there's 200 snails. And it was, it was so nasty. It was like, in, uh, anyways, um, what's my point? Oh, oh my point is that, um, it, and, oh, and, bef- and also there's another occasion. Okay, I'm probably not supposed to tell you this, but, you know, for Easter, we wanted to do some facelift, and we did a lot of work. I mean, I don't want to say this because it feels like we just, I, we just did it for Easter. But, you know, it's supposed to be our attitude every week, but we actually did it for Easter. And there was this bamboo thing in the front that was so not good, you know, and it, 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 was, it was dried. And it, I'm sure it was once lush, nice green bamboo, but... Ever since we came to the church, I have this son who just like takes it and it becomes a sword. And every week he plays with a sword with a bamboo. And and after a year, it was almost like he killed it, right? So I'm like, I felt responsible for it. So I'm like, I got to do something about it. So we, so for Easter, we just started to like pull him out and okay. And then, but it was so hard. It, It was, it was not, it was left there. And because it was so dry, I couldn't pull it. So we had to like actually plow it, and I was here yesterday, and like so in two in 
twice in one week, I was working the soil. And my point is this. Good soil doesn't happen by accident. It had to be attended to. And it had to not just be left alone. It will not happen by accident. We actually have to realize we've got to do something about it. There was that you've got to accept the reality. You've got to face the reality and actually do something about it. Because otherwise, these insects and pests, and it's just the bad condition. It is not a good place for anything to grow. And what grows are, are, the, are, the, are the thorns that prevents growth from others. And it becomes dried up, and it's, it doesn't, it's not a healthy place. And the good soil is something that starts when you actually feel like you can't, you can't continue doing this. And um, good soil is something that happens intentionally. But life comes with different stages of life. And we have to acknowledge, and I too acknowledge, that there are times where our heart is like the pathway, where we're not that interested in what God has to say. And we're, we're, we're kind of dried up for whatever reason, and probably for right reason, it's dried up. It, it might not be your fault. And, and none of those words of God is not penetrating. You're like, ah, I'm okay. Or you kind of have a distance to it. Or there are times where our life, our heart is like this rocky ground where we kind of get excited real quick, but things don't go our way. We're like, ah, never mind, you know. We're quick to, you know, fire up, but also quick to cool off. Those, we have those seasons too. And there are times where we're just completely in the thorns. We're being tempted by the world. It's like, ah, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. Oh, if we're not, and then God becomes slow, smaller, smaller. Time allocated to God and studying the Word of God gets smaller and smaller because there's something better to do. And there's thorns. And then there are times where life is good. Your life is easy breezy. It's like, oh, everything you do is, is pretty good. But those are times when we don't necessarily look to God's words. So there are times in life where we're all over the place. And just like the people that came to Jesus in our lifetime as well, there are seasons or different soil times of our lives. But the question this morning is, how is your heart today? What does your soil look like today? Because if you feel like it's too hard, it's too much of a pathway, it's too much of a rocky ground, there's something we could do about it. You could begin to plow again. You could actually look at the thorns in, in your life and just start pulling them out again. But, you know, we exist as a church that we get to do that together. We will come around and we're going to start taking those, you know, weeds for you and, and with you. I mean, it might be kind of hard to say, oh, I have thorns in my life, but that's what we're here for. We're a family of God. We're going to do this together. When heart is hardened, we, we plow it together. When we are on a rocky soil, we take the seed and transplant it in a better place. And we too get to do that as a church family. And I hope that's what you are here for too. We're seeking God's words together. And we have this trying to have a humble heart to listen to those words that is so life-giving. But maybe you already have a good soil. But we got to attend it. Because if you do just say, oh, I'm cool now. That's the wrong attitude because it's like my backyard. After six months, it's all weeds again, right? So if you have a good soil, let's be mindful of keep plowing together. 
And that's how we attain intentionally the good souls of our heart. It will have the word of God sinking in and taking roots. And not only that, it birthed life to other people. It will bless others. I want to share you a story about my friend who encountered God's words. His soil was completely turned over. He was a man who grew up in Japan. And in the, during the middle school, he had great trouble because the environment began to worsen and worsen. The house environment, his school environment, it just wasn't as good. And um, he began to get into trouble. He began to fight everybody who he encounters. And he just got into juvenile halls many times. He became really, like, like rough. And everybody he faced, he thought it was an enemy. So that was kind of his, how this tragedy started. And now, at, so this continued for years and years, and he couldn't trust nobody. And then at the age of 22, I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but he entered into the Yakuza world, which is the Japanese mafia, which is notorious for illegal activities, but also it is known that once you get in, you can't get out type of trap. But he got in because he needed somebody to back him up, and then his life kept going spiraling down and down. Every day he drank and drank, and he began to get into trouble more and more, obviously, as you can imagine. But then the worst is when he got into meth. Um, and then that just messed him up. Every day he began to see hallucinations. And then he became so paranoid. So every night he would sleep with his sword, you know, these short swords that the Yakuza, I guess they carry him around. And he just like held on to it every night. Imagine sleeping with that type of, I mean, you can't sleep, you can't rest. His mind is always thinking, oh, who's going to kill me? Who's going to come after me? That was his life. He attempted suicide many times because he was just done with life. There was nothing good left in him. But that's when he hit rock bottom. And that's also when he was given a Bible from, a, from a, 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 one of the women that he knew. He, they, she just gave him the Bible. And she didn't want nothing to do with it. It's like, here, here, here. Okay, bye. You know that. But, but, but that Bible changed his life because in that Bible, he encountered God's word that says, there is a God's, there's love for you. God's son, he gave his one and only son so that you could have what is his and he will take what's yours. And you will find life again. And when, even when you're dead, there is resurrection. He saw the Easter message in the Bible. And that it began to plow his hardened soil. And he began to have hope again. Maybe I could still live. Maybe I could turn life around. But something had to happen. He had to get out of Yakuza. And like I said, it is almost impossible. But miraculously, he took his mafia boss and he went to church together. And the mafia boss saw what's so good about this gospel and says, all right, man, you go. I mean, that's a miracle. That does not happen. But it did happen. And then he became a Christian. He went to church and saw this life-giving message of Jesus every week. And it began to plow his heart. And the message sank in. And later on, he married the woman who gave him the Bible. And he became a pastor. And he's going all over Japan right now, going to prisons, going to juvenile halls, telling these people who are hopeless, who feels hopeless. They, they feel hope Their life is done just like him. And he says, anybody could turn your life around. Any soil could be plowed and become good soil again. 
He is sharing the resurrection message all over Japan, and not just in Japan, but he went to Nepal. He, I think he's went to Africa to go to their prison, and he's sharing the message of Jesus all over the world. And his name is uh, Pastor Kaoru Inoue, and he's actually coming to Orange Coast in June, so you can look forward to that. So it is him and his wife, we're going to invite him. We're going to have a wonderful service together, but that's in June, so um, keep, keep coming, keep coming. And, you know, and, and, and you'll hear an amazing testimony of his story. And uh, he came to Rise Church a couple of years ago, and he came to our house, and it was packed. And I translated for him, and it was a message that just gave hope to every single person that was there. But anyways, for him, what was hopeless became a hundredfold blessing. There was a zero hope, but now he's going all over to bless other people. Just that is the life of a hundredfold blessing that started with him needing this good soil in his heart. And he's making an impact for Jesus today. And that resurrection message will impact you. And when you take that and receive that with the good soil, you'll begin to live a life blessing others as well. We're going to finish by looking at one more Bible passage. And it's very intriguing. It's in John chapter 12. Verse 24, it'll be on the screen as well. Let me read this for you. It says, Jesus said this, Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The kernel represents Jesus. He had to fall onto the ground. He had to die because he needed to take away your sins. And unless he died, we still have our sins. But he died with the sin but that wasn't the end. He fell, and then it produced many more seeds. He produced crops and fruits and all over the world because the resurrection message reached the world, became a seed, and scattered all over this world. And 2,000 years later, you too have received, and that, that seed has fell upon your heart as well. But the biggest question is, what kind of soil do you have today? Will that soil let the seed come in? Will that soil listen? Will the soil be mindful about the thorns in your life? Will that soil be mindful about plowing it so that it is not hardened? Will you have a mindful heart to accept that seed of Jesus Christ? And when it does, it will bear trees, fruits, and that produces more fruits and seeds and growth. And it will not stop with you. It will continue to live on. And that is the legacy that we want to live behind, even after we die. And just like we saw here in Jesus' life, we want to live a life that is not about us, but it is to bless others. And the people who live in your life, your children, your grandchildren, those people who you mentor, who you take care, they see a life of Jesus in you. Because you are living life, not for yourself, but life, bless others, because you already have a reward. There's an eternal life that is promised for you. So with that eternal perspective, you could live your life empowering others, loving others, serving others. And what if that could be the legacy that your children and the people who see you, that you could leave behind to them, even after you die? Your life will once fall, but that isn't the end. Once you're in heaven, you get to see the real hundredfold blessing. Because once you're in heaven, 
You will encounter the lives that you've impacted, your children, your grandchildren. Because of your faith in Jesus Christ, they received it. And maybe you will find people that you may not have directly impacted, but the people you've impacted, then impacted, 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 and they received the life of Jesus. Would you live that life? Would you live that life together with us? Here together. The life that sees the future. Life that believes in the resurrection power. That death isn't the end. And now you get to live a life with Jesus today from this point on with that nice, good soil and mindful of that soil. And Jesus promised you a hundredfold of blessing, not just here on this earth, but especially in the eternal life that you get to have. So with that eternal hope of heaven, let's live a life not for ourselves, but for others to bless them and to serve them. So Christ has risen and is alive today and will accomplish that in your life. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's look at our weekly challenge. And if you have your phones, if you could take a picture. And this is a set of questions that we put together so that you could take home that message with you and continue to think about it. So it's right here. So no, let's read that once again. uh, Verses now, verses 1 through 21 on chapter 8. And what is God's word teaching you that day that you when you read? It could be today after church. It could be tomorrow. But what is that God is speaking to you? And then grow, looking at that parable, just be very, very honest about what kind of soil, what kind of pattern, what kind of place are you right now? And then how could that be a better soil, a good soil? How could that be plowed into become a soil that the gospel message will continue to sink in? And then after all, that the last time, or the last one, overflow, through his resurrection, Jesus gave you hope of eternity. So with that eternal hope, Who will you bless through your life? Who will you empower? Who will you serve? That is the challenge that we have ahead of us. But you don't have to do it alone. We could do it together. So that is our hope today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for that promise through Jesus Christ. In Jesus, you said, I am the resurrection and life. Those who believe in me shall live even after they die. And that is the promise that we receive today. We need that in our hearts. So may we receive it as a good soil. And I know we go through different seasons of life where it's just hardened up, dried up, maybe thorns all over. We may need to transfer into a, 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 our seeds into a better soil. But help us to be mindful of where we are today. Help us to be mindful of the condition of our heart today so that we could attain good soil that you want us to be and when we reach there when we have that good soil may we live a life that continues to bless others continue to serve others and the blessing of god doesn't stop with me but it will carry on to the next generation and beyond that is the life that we truly want to live and that is the life that jesus you're inviting us to live so help us to take your hands and follow you with the right heart today I thank you for this church. We're going through a renewal season to help us to to live a life with a renewed heart in you, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.
word in the beginning, one with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name. Why don't we stand together?